Welcome to Level with Emily. This is music by Greg Nicolette for the game Potionomics. Potionomics is a 3D uh, deck building management sim where you brew and sell potions while you manage your potion shop and you also get to go on dates. Um, listening to the music of Potionomics is, is basically like peeling back an onion into the types of characters that you encounter in the game. There are many different musical styles in the game and many different soloists, which is fantastic. Soloists like Kristen Nagus, who's of course been on level, uh, Patty Redesel, who I hope to have on level someday, and even Greg himself. He plays a trombone solo in a, a tune called Muktuk's Slumber, which is great. Um, so there's just a lot of fun details in the music, which was really enjoyable. And I loved talking to Greg about it. Join us on Discord. That link is down in the show notes. Um, if you can support us financially on Patreon, that would be fantastic. Patreon.com slash level. We have just recently unveiled an exclusive sticker that you can get as a patron. So Patreon.com slash level. And of course, this conversation will be on YouTube. So find us on the Level with Emily Reese YouTube channel to see this conversation that I had with Greg and many others over the past year or more. All right, well, here is Greg Nicolette talking about his music for Potionomics. Thank you again for your time today. And um, uh, I guess what we'll do is just kind of get started with, if you don't mind, um, describe the game, and then we'll talk more specifically about uh, your music and, and things along those lines. Sure. Yeah. Thanks so much for having me on the show. I guess we'll call it Emily. This is fantastic. <laughs> I I love your show, and awesome. um, Thank I'm you. excited to talk with you. Um, yeah. So, Potionomics is been described has been described as a couple things. Um, I think a lot of folks who were following the game thought that it would be more of a um, sort of a visual novel uh, crossed with a dating sim, um, just because the aesthetic has I think what typically has been associated with more relaxed and chill games that have come before. Mm -hmm. But, you know, then when it got released, uh, everyone started to realize, well, it has those elements to it, but it also has this really sort of intense um, shopkeeping sim side of it that doesn't, it doesn't let up. It doesn't, it doesn't necessarily give you a lot of breathing room. And and so if you read a lot of the reviews, folks are like, I had no idea this would be so hard, <laughs> um, which I think is interesting. I, 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 you know, knowing Jody, the developer really well, I knew how, passionate he was about trying to, you know, give the players a bit of a feeling of what it likes and how hard it can be to be an entrepreneur, to be a shopkeeper, you know, yeah. but even, even, even within this sort of cozier aesthetic that, that the art and, and oftentimes the music has. So just to, to satisfy that there are sort of uh, just a bunch of different mechanical systems that, that work together. There's the main uh, game, which is a card-based game. Mm -hmm. um, it's a haggling system where you interact with customers that come in and you sell the potions that you've been brewing. Um, but this interacts with uh, deeply with all of the characters around the town who you travel to their shops, you buy your ingredients that you need for your potion making. Um, and as you get to know them better, you collect cards, which really are, they're basically tips, little bits of wisdom, ideas for how to 
be a better shopkeeper, how to be a better potion maker. And each character sort of specializes in a different, um, you know, range of, 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 of tips. Like Muktuk is a, a craftsman, so and, and he's, he's sort of a spiritual, um, boisterous person. going to give you cards that that resort you know relate to confidence and okay. bravado while um uh, one of the other characters luna she's a, a marketing guru so all of her <laughs> stuff is going to be more about like advertising and she'll even do marketing for you on the side Card game that's the main thrust of it interacts with all the other systems. Um, there's gardening, there's there's adventuring. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a lot of it's a lot of systems that all kind of work together and in, in, yeah. into a, into a whole. Yeah, and so you know the fact that there are all these elements that gave you the opportunity to do a lot of things musically. Now, the soundtrack starts in one way and then kind of goes through this all these musical evolutions and styles and and kind of. Um, geographical uh, hints and things things along those lines. So you're going all over the place, which is really cool. But, um, you know, I'd love to hear you talk about, like, how how that was explained to you, like, what they asked of you musically and the decisions you made to create the sound of Potionomics. Yeah. Well, um, Jody, again, you know, I want to mention him a lot. Um, he's the lead developer. He loves music, which... Okay. And he is... He's a super fan of game soundtracks to the point where he would be making really deep cut references that I wouldn't know. And I would often in meetings either be sort of Googling off screen or just <laughs> outright or outright admitting that I didn't know it. But, you know, yeah. you sort of have to like sometimes you're just like, well, maybe I'll just let it slide that I'm not catching that reference and look it up later. Right. But 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 what he was throwing my way were just all these different references from all these different kinds of games and um, and even, you know, just he'd be into like, yeah, into it throat singing one week or, you know, just whatever, like, like, like just really interesting, interesting places. Now my job as a composer, of course, is to take in all those influences and, um, still create something that feels cohesive. Um, which, which for this game, like you said, even though I was sort of trying to make it sound cohesive, it's still is pretty much all over the place. So I sort of had to, in, in a way, because I, I had to sort of embrace this concept that each of these characters in the game um, almost has their own video game that they're walking sure. out of, right? Like they're almost in their own little sonic worlds. Mm-hmm. And I sort of started thinking about the score in that way, that Muktuk has his own world that he lives in. And so his music's going to be this world and also this palette, the sound palette, while, um, you know, uh, uh, because Mint is sort of more of a classic adventurer and sort of she's nostalgic for, 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 for in a way, her character is in a way nostalgic for games like Zelda and um, Chrono Trigger. So her, her palette's going to have a little bit of a, like a chiptune vibe interspersed with her, her themes.
And Sid is a is a you know she's a she's a rock musician. So <laughs> her her theme she actually sort of plays her theme, right? I mean, we actually thought about having her literally play it on screen, but that became one of those things that was a little too difficult to yeah. um, implement on the indie budget because of the motion capture and all that that would go into that. I sort of started to embrace the score as having, I would say, three distinct parts. There's the um, there's the, the music that plays when you're in Sylvia's shop, and that all sort of has a has sort of I think a, a consistent vibe. There are those character themes that I mentioned earlier, and then there are the haggling themes, which are the tracks that play when you're um, in the card game mechanic. Which okay. you know you'll spend a lot of time there, and and that 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 section of the game is significant enough that I felt like it needed its own. Um, category of score but sure. uh yeah i hope that's not too vague but i can no, get more specific. not at all no yeah. and those were the versus tracks is that what you're talking about no those are well yes yeah, sort of i mean that's yeah those are sort of a that's sort of within that category because the versus tracks are um what you hear during the uh what's called the competition which is a part of the game where you um it's kind of silly but you you negotiate for the Love best it. price in front of a large crowd of the whole town gets together yes. to watch you have this negotiation battle. And Jody and I thought it'd be really funny if during these, during these uh, high stakes negotiations, you heard boss battle music that was just as intense as anything you'd hear <laughs> in a final fantasy game. So we went just nuts with those. And yeah. you know, it's part of the charm of the game. It's part yeah. of the irony. Um, and yeah. I, I, it's fun to write boss battle tracks. So I had, a, I was glad we went there. Oh, that's so funny because yeah. I do know composers who do not like doing that. So what do oh, you like yeah. about, and I mean, it's, I also, of course, know people who love it. So what do you like about writing boss battle tracks? Um, well, I don't know. I mean, I can certainly understand if you're writing a lot of them, they can get kind of, you know, samey, but at least for this game, we had such different characters yeah. and each of them had such different themes that to then sort of try to, uh, coalesce each of those into the boss battle sort of vibe mm -hmm. was always a unique challenge. And I, I think really is all it is, all it is, is that my favorite tracks ended up sort of coming into that. Like I love what, 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 what boss Finn's theme turned into. started as this like David Lynch uh, <laughs> inspired uh, like you know um, Twin Peaks kind of yeah smoky jazz thing but then you know for the boss battle track I'm like well I'm gonna just take that and throw it to a full big band and an orchestra which I was lucky to have um, yeah. we only had that we only had that that sax section for that cue and one other one I don't know it just for whatever reason it, those boss battle tracks always ended up being like okay here's our chance to just go crazy what are we gonna do I like that. I like that freedom. Um, 
Mm-hmm. But, but yeah, but I won't lie, those were the hardest to write too. So, you know, I definitely banged my head against the wall the most getting those okay. right. Yeah, those are really fun. And, you know, a lot of those versus tracks in particular, not necessarily the boss battle, but a lot of the versus tracks have, do bring in that chiptune sound, which is really cool. I like the kind of arpeggiations that you bring in. Yeah, that's one little thing. I, I was trying to tie them together a little bit by having mm-hmm. that arpeggio and all of them. Um, yeah. I don't know Love if that. I'm 100% consistent, but but yeah, little things like that were ways mm-hmm. that I tried to make it feel like a unified score. I mean, and the themes are enough to, to do that in and of themselves because there are such uh, memorable themes, you know? I'll well, just thanks, be, yeah. like, randomly whistling <laughs> one of them, just, like, wandering down the hall. I'm like, oh, that's from Potionomics. <laughs> that's, that's what I woke <laughs> well, up with you. in my yeah. head this day or whatever. Um, so, and, and I really liked that. I loved, um, honestly, you know, those those first several tracks that are, for for the most part, and I'm talking in the soundtrack, so this is not necessarily how they appear in the game, but, um, you know, in the soundtrack itself, a lot of that stuff is very orchestral and very kind of like fantasy um, sort of, but but more like family-friendly orchestral. You know what I mean? And I, <laughs> yeah. loved, I loved it. I, I, I mean, I, I hope that you take this as a compliment. Like, it just reminded me of films... It just reminded me of like Saturday afternoon films, kind of. Right. You know, you know what I mean? Sure. Well, I mean, I, you know, I mean, I, I mentioned this elsewhere, but um, I think one of the reasons Jody wanted me on board or was excited about me being on board was that I had, I had been working on music for Disney for a while, and I, I do a lot of music for their uh, Disney Junior uh, TV shows. I'm, I think I'm yeah, on their fourth okay. or fifth now, and um, it's funny. I never set out to do that. Um, it wasn't, I was always expecting to be working on, I mean, I always aimed to be working on um, like highbrow, like long burn sci-fi and indie films and dark comedies, things like that. Yeah. Um, Disney kind of fell into my lap um, when, uh, after sort of a random series of events that started with collaborating with my uh, uh, college buddy, Rob Cantor, on a viral video from 2014 called uh, Actual Cannibal Shia LaBeouf. That did okay. uh, pretty crazy views, and and that led wow. him to Disney, which also, and then when since we had worked on that together, he introduced me around, and and that sort of that's led to a long collaboration. Oh, um, cool. And and you know, Johnny really wanted, um, you know, he loves Pixar, he loves Studio Ghibli, um, yeah. and so do I, and so that's really what one of our influences, yeah. maybe sort of the overarching influence was. Were, were were animated movies, and then yeah. that 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 comes through in the animation too. I mean, he, you yeah. know, he wanted he could have done the whole game in two D, right? I mean, this there didn't need to be three D models for each mm-hmm. of these characters, but he wanted, but 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 for him, the the expression and the the the, the aesthetic that 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 sort of Pixar like quality brought to the game was worth the the money, and really, what it comes down to is yeah. money, right? Because yeah, you you have to you do have to pay for that and it is more expensive. Yeah. Um, 
and 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 it's it's sort of strange because it is just like on the one hand it is just an aesthetic choice if you just sort of break it down to its roots like a 2d game is just as you know like a, a game that maybe uh i think i think i think maybe reseteer was all 2d um okay. um a, a game like that is just as much creative uh like value yes. as a 3d game but 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 because that aesthetic is is it's just more complicated you sort of have to be yeah. willing to invest in it <laughs> Um, same with the music because Jody, um, you know, he didn't have to earmark some of his budget for a live orchestra, but but he really wanted it. He really loves live orchestra, and and since since we can record overseas in a little bit more of an affordable way now, um, mm-hmm. it was an, it was a way it was something that we could afford to do. So worth yeah. it. I mean, the, the orchestra sounds great, and I've heard the Budapest. I mean, they're they're all over the place these days, and it's because they're yeah. great. You know, they're they absolutely are. fantastic, and um, they they yeah. I mean, it's just very beautiful, expressive playing, and and I loved all the all the orchestral stuff. I also absolutely adored all of the soloists that you worked with, some of whom were yourself, uh, which is great. Um, but of course, Kristen Nagus has been on the show. Absolutely adore her. I've known of her for, I can't even say how long, uh, just ages since one of her first games, I think, uh, I, I knew of her. And, um, so she's fantastic. Um, and then, uh, the violinist, uh, Patty, Patty, Yes, yeah. Patty, who I've never met and need to, and and this was a great reminder of like why I need to connect with Patty. She sounded fantastic. Yeah, go ahead. I, I was just going to say I met them both probably at the same convention that I met Jody. Actually, I didn't meet Jody there. I met Corey Blackburn, okay. the co-founder of, of Voracious Games. I think I met them all the same year. Oh, funny. It was okay. kind of this, just this very productive year at the Game Developers <clears throat> Conference, probably yeah. back in 2016. Um, cause Patty and, and Kristen are, are friends. Yep. Um, and you know, I don't even know where we met. Um, might have just been introduced through, I, I probably just ran into them. I, I was, I was meeting a lot of other composers and they're all mm-hmm. raving about the musicians they work with. And they're, and yeah. you, you know, I mean, Kristen at this point has played on almost, I, I joked on Twitter recently that, um, um, like, like there should be a, some, someone should, should correlate the number of award-winning games with the ones that Kristen plays with. They'd probably see that your chances of winning are much higher if Kristen is involved. But, <laughs> That's very true. Um, but, but, uh, but yeah, they're, they're really great to work with. Um, mm-hmm. Patty's great because she, she's an amazing musician, but she also has an amazing, uh, channel, YouTube channel. And so she just loves sort of filming herself doing her thing and so she was yeah. really excited to to film her solo for me for well, I don't know oh, if you cool. saw any of the, the, the behind the scenes videos we made but I did not um, and I, I will yeah um, she, she's she's on the uh, some of the versus tracks Kristen just plays everything, and right. um, I know, 
Street. And if she doesn't play it, she'll learn it. Yeah. She'll be like, no, I don't have, uh, you know, uh, a bass flute right now, but I can rent one. Or yeah. You know, there's always something that she can pick up. Um, <laughs> and often what I'll do is I'll just be like, I don't know what I want to do on this track. Give me some, like, can you just throw your arsenal at it and see what we like? And that that's really valuable as a composer mm-hmm. because sometimes, you know, we just don't know what what we don't know. And especially with somebody, with a musician who knows their instruments so well, I mean, I can sort of try to dictate exactly what I want. But, mm-hmm. you know, that that me doing that removes all of her experience in a way, if I'm too specific. Sure. So I try to also give the musicians I work with room to, you know, what would you do with this if you were mm-hmm. making it your own? And that usually oftentimes results in something something unexpected and great. Yeah, that's a really important part of collaboration, right? Is to allow the other person to to input their creative ideas. I mean, this is how beautiful things get made because yes, obviously you have an amazing gift to write music, but these people have amazing gifts too. Let's let's see how we can combine yeah. things and and make it yeah. even better. Um yeah, so that was uh, just a, a just a joy to hear all of these different people kind of woven through and um, uh, and it turns out you're a trombone player and so you played too. Do you want to talk a little bit about that? Sure. I mean, trombone was uh, my first love, I guess, in music. Um, <laughs> I don't even know why I chose that instrument, honestly. I spent, I spent, I thought it looked cool. I, it you know, you know, here's another thing. I was a big Trekkie at that time, like in oh, fourth grade. Oh, William Riker, of course. William Riker, right. He yes. played it. I, I mean, there, that must be why. I mean, I can't imagine any other reason. So <laughs> I I blame the writers of Number the next one. generation. Yes. For whatever reason. And that's how they would do it on that show too. They they didn't have like budgets for different sets for the different actors. So they just moved the prop that, you know, like... <laughs> that that uh, exemplified that character. So for Riker, they just put the trombone in the back for all of yeah. all of his scenes in his quarters. But, like personal scenes, yeah, yeah, right, yeah. Right, right, yeah. <laughs> but anyway, so I, uh, I I chose the trombone and um, I, I, I took an instant affinity to music in general. Um, I don't know, I was never really good at, uh, I, I was always struggling for, gym, gym was a, a, a daily terror of mine going into oh, gym class. So, yeah, so to find yeah. a... Uh, an extracurricular that I that I, I could really excel on was was really freeing for me. You know, I didn't end up. I, I, I did major in it for a minute, but I, I ended up with some uh, injuries, some some mouth embouchure problems that set okay. me back like like fifty yeah. percent. I couldn't. I could barely play yeah. uh, for more than forty five minutes. Um, my 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 high range was gone. So I, I decided to uh, switch to something else that I was interested in, which was writing music and uh, and film music. And uh, I'm really glad that I did. But I still keep it around. I I, I use it every now and then. I don't. I, I don't get to use it too often, but again, in a game like this where the characters are just so outlandish, yeah. um, you know, yeah. there's opportunity for everything. I mean, there's the trombones in there, the the melodica, which I have to yeah. thank uh, my friends Isaac Shankler and John Robert Matz for introducing me to. <laughs> nice. Um, 
which is this really goofy looking instrument that oh yeah has like a tube attached to it and it's a little keyboard yeah um so I use that um I, I kind of you know I mean I I have a room full of toys mm-hmm. that you know I'm I I, I Again, don't use as often as I would like, but on a project like this where it called for so many different techniques, I kind of could just dive into everything. Yeah, yeah. Um, very, very. Feel free fun. to stop me if I'm rambling. I know I ramble go for a away. While. That's what this okay. is all okay. about. This we just Ram- turn okay. on turn on the things. Ramble and hour. Let you yeah. go. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, but yeah, I was glad to find a place for it. Um, I'm mm-hmm. I, 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 I'm I'm frustrated that I did not come up with a uh, obvious uh, like video. Like 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 vir- like social media thing with trombone um, trombone hero right that's what it's called yeah is that what it was called oh I'm yeah I'm very familiar yeah, yeah. with it but I, I think it's I'm called tr- not familiar hero. enough to, yeah I think you're right yeah I mean yeah. I, I should have been able to find a way to to make a video about that but the problem <laughs> is amazing. the problem is we had this thing happened where we had a baby and oh geez I kind of have no more time to do right fun stuff so Babies I'm glad are I was like able to that. Do yeah yeah. I've had many conversations about babies today, interestingly enough, and I'm going to oh, go yeah? see one as soon as this is over. Oh, okay. yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, just random baby talk today, interestingly. Yeah, yeah. babies are cool, though. Congratulations. Yeah. That's wonderful. Thanks. Thanks. It's yeah. a lot. Oh, I bet. Or for Jessica, but... Well, yeah, um, just course, get a mouthpiece you know. in their hand right away. As a trumpet player, I can relate to all the things you said about embouchure <laughs> problems and, and such and just make sure that instead of a rattle... They have a, a mouthpiece. No, I want them to be a string, a string player. I think. <laughs> string player. Here it starts. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good idea, though. I'm, I'm guitar, I'm, even not not brass. It's too loud. It's loud, and it's <laughs> it's and I mean they're all emotional endeavors. All I think you know, whenever you have that kind of an intimate relationship with an inanimate object, such an, as an instrument, it's, it's an emotional part of yeah. life. I don't know, but yeah, that's a whole other thing. Yeah. Um, there's some choir spots that I really liked too. Can yeah. you talk to me about how that worked out, particularly a binding agreement, which is, is oh, really thanks. fun, but there are other spots as well that they pop in. Well, you know, I would love the chance to work with a, a full choir, but mm-hmm. that was one of the things we didn't, couldn't really afford on this project. We only yeah. had, um, we had about six hours with the orchestra, which oh um, wow, was a lot of. I don't know if you think that's a lot of time or not. No, but, but I don't. It's not a lot of time. Yeah, it's no. not a lot of time for um, yeah. for a game this with this much music, right? Um, and again, the choir was just not. Yeah, the choir would, would you know I, I want there were a couple of things with the choir. I knew that if I worked with the choir, that um, uh, especially if I did it overseas, there would be more issues with translation that I knew I had time mm-hmm. for. Mm-hmm. Um, when you're working overseas in a different language, everything that you say has to be, of course, translated. And, mm-hmm. that, and that takes a lot of extra time. And and when lyrics are involved, it's going to get way more complicated. So I didn't even want to even try that um, until, you know, so I wanted to work with musicians that I had worked with before. And um, the group that I ended up working with is this trio of female vocalists uh, called Artemisia. Okay. And um, I, 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 grew, I went to college with Diana, who she's one of the, oh, one cool. of the gals in that group and okay. known her forever, I've collaborated with her on a bunch of things. And uh, yeah, I mean, I guess what's your, you want to know just sort of like, um, I'll, I'll say a couple things. Um, yeah. A binding agreement is, uh, was originally written as Helene's theme. And um, oh, okay. I'm sorry, I guess it's Helen. I, you know, I never got a straight answer on which way we're pronouncing her, her name. So. <laughs> okay. I'm, I'm sorry, Duran. Uh, I'm getting it wrong. Um, I'm apologizing to the uh, to the developer who's probably going to yell at me. Her name's Duran, and she was 
um, <laughs> focused on most of the marketing for the game as well as sort of okay. overall just game development. Um, mm-hmm. She'll be yelling at me for that. But but anyway, so, so her one of the things that we didn't want to do with her, like we knew we, I, I didn't want to do oohs and ahs. Uh, Duran was really passionate that we not use English because mm-hmm. she didn't want it to be uh, like a like a baked in um, language that wouldn't translate to other countries. Mm-hmm. And I also didn't want to use Latin personally because I thought Latin was um, a little bit overused in games at this point. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it also has sort of like a, just a real heaviness to it that I didn't necessarily think was appropriate for this game. And so I decided to... Uh, I was like, well, let's make a language, right? Let's just do that. That'll be easy enough. I actually talked to the narrative <laughs> designer for a second about it, Nick. But this yeah. was in crunch. This was in crunch time by the time we were we were figuring this out. And yeah. He was like, you know, I'm really into it, but uh, I've got a thousand other things I'm doing. <laughs> Can't really. He just didn't say. He didn't say no, but I got the yeah. sense that this was probably not going to be something he could make time for. So I found this really amazing thing online called uh, the Vulgar Lang Language Generator. Okay. Which is this, like it's like this algorithmic tool and the website looks like 1990s sort of you know era website yeah. design very simple but but the tool is amazing it's super deep um it'll wow. basically create a new language for you you can just amazing. click on it and it'll generate something and if you want to go deep into it you can dictate the number of consonants number of vowels wow. um i did i did do a little bit, little bit of tweaking but i don't really have the knowledge to to to, to go crazy with it so i kind of just mm-hmm. worked with it for a while so i found something that i liked I fed it my lyrics. It gave me the language back. <laughs> Amazing. Um, I then I then put it through an AI, uh, 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 like a, like a voice synthesis program where okay. you can assign different accents. So okay. I assigned it a uh, like a Hungarian accent, uh, and then okay. I sent that to the vocalists and was like, "Make wow. this work." I think it sounds great. I, I love how it, it sounds. Does. I think it yeah. sounds alien, but not too, I think it still sounds friendly. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 That's what I'll say about that. And, and they were amazing to work with. They, they recorded in Chicago remotely and, um, okay. you know, they all have masks on because it's during COVID and, oh wow. Um, but I was really glad that they could, they could be on board. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds, sounds fantastic. You know, just to kind of go back to to what you were saying about how you kind of like stumbled into Disney, or I can't remember your exact wording, but yeah. um, you know, there's there's a lot of references in in your bio to your punk life. Can you talk a little <laughs> bit about that because it's so uh, antithetical, right? To to like the right. Disney sound in a way. So uh, I'd love to know uh, about that part of your musicality. Well, I've always, you know, again, I I didn't expect to be working for Disney, I always thought that I'd be writing darker music. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And I still want to. I mean, growing up, I was I, I was equally influenced by composers like uh, uh, Silent Hill, compo- Akira Yamaoka, I think, mm-hmm. right? Um, yeah. He, 
uh, I, I loved what he created in those early PlayStation games. Like I mm-hmm. thought it was just unlike anything I'd ever heard before. And it really introduced me to more experimental music. Um, and then, but then I was also loving Nobu Uematsu's soundtracks for Final mm-hmm. Fantasy, which again are very, they couldn't be further apart. Right. Um, and even sort of the early music that I was interested in film music wise, I was gravitating towards movies like Terminator two, which had, okay. uh, you know, had this sort of duality of the very industrial, um, da-dum, da-dum, da-dum theme paired mm-hmm. with a more melodic, um, if you know the soundtrack at all, there's that beautiful, melody for the end. a lot of that duality in me where I can appreciate mm-hmm. both of those sides of the musical spectrum. Um, uh, so your original question was, sorry again. Oh, <laughs> um, just, oh the punk rock side. Yeah, yeah. just how that kind of forms informs you. I, I think that that's just where that comes from. I mean, I think I specifically mentioned a, a band I was in called Muka Pazza, which was, was a punk rock marching band. And that Amazing. was, you know, as a trombone player, there aren't yeah. that many opportunities to be really punk, right? But, right. but that was one of them. Um, that group, and then another one called um, uh, Kill Sonic that I found when I moved to LA for a little while. Both had sort of punk okay. aesthetics to them. I say, I, I would say, but mixing, but 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 you know, in a way that was mixing genres that weren't typically associated with punk music, right? I mean, sure, yep. Mukapatsa was a mix of sort of. TV theme covers and Balkan music. And then Kill Sonic was sort of a free jazz, okay. um, like carnival vibe. Um, I mean, you know, it really depends on how you define punk. Like if you want to sure. go real strict with it, or if you just want to think of it as sort of a, a vibe. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I don't think I could really claim I'm any real punk cred, but, uh, <laughs> but I'm proud of, I'm proud of being a member of Mukapatsa. I will say that. Awesome. That's the most fun I've ever had with that mm. instrument. Well, we have, okay, we have to talk about the pirate cats. Like, that's how, that's how I, someone tipped me off. They're like, you have to hear, (laughs) you know, you have to hear this pirate because I'm a cat person. And so I'm like, oh, well, I wonder what the rest of this soundtrack is like. And then I think I emailed you within like five minutes. I was like, well, this is fantastic. So (laughs) it's nothing like, not that, I mean, if it had all been like the pirate cats, I probably wouldn't have (laughs) emailed you. But the the one pirate's cat, pirate cats track is amazing. So, so tell, tell me about it. Thank you for listening to the rest of the soundtrack. Yeah, I definitely. yeah. There have been a couple of reviews that were, were like, ah, why isn't everything else like this? This is so much fun. I'm like, well, I don't think you really know what you're asking for. I know. Here. Yeah, I, mean, I think that's, I, yeah. Leave them wanting I mean, more, Greg. Yes. Some people, right. I mean, you know, some things are really just meant for small doses. Yeah. And this was this was one of them. Like, yeah, even yeah. in the track itself, I was sort of concerned that um, 
the meows would get overbearing. Um, I was wrong about that. It was definitely yeah. the right amount. So just a little backstory. I mean, the characters that that track is written for, they're, they're mm-hmm. a pair of cat pirates. Yeah. Um, Salt and Pepper are their names. Uh, one's a big, big black cat. One's a small white cat. And uh, yeah, I mean, I can't claim. So so Jody and Duran both wanted meows to be integrated. They wanted <laughs> them to be like samples of actual cats because yeah. most, like, most like YouTube cat video like remixes use They'll, they'll like sample the meow and they'll repitch it for every. Sure, sure. I, I, I don't know. I felt that, that, I mean, I I think that's funny when you first hear it, but I think, I thought, yeah. you know, it's, it's I don't know. I, I thought it was too annoying <laughs> for repeated <laughs> listening. Yeah. And so I thought, why not just sing the meow myself? That's actually, that's also funny. That but is it's funny. A little, it's a little less grating. Um, <laughs> uh, and, you know, I, I did it like chipmunk style where I did it. I have a very low voice, obviously. Yeah. Um, I'm singing on the Muck Tuck track, actually, so that all that bass stuff. Oh, cool! But um, but for this, I did a chipmunk style where you record it uh, at double at, at twice as long, twice the speed, and then you play it back at double speed, and so you get the yeah. album in the chipmunk style. Yeah, yeah, and uh, yeah. It's I, I I I they were they were cool with it. They they thought it sounded great, and we went with it. And I did not know it would be the most popular track in the soundtrack, but oh uh, I guess I should have known that. And, uh, I know, right? In hindsight, you're like, yeah. oh, I guess that makes sense. Yeah. Sure. What I'm proud about that track is that it still has some like musical depth to it. Like, yeah, it's, it's, it's a it's a meow track, but but I'm also like, I, I, I you know I'm a band I'm a I'm a band I'm a music geek, so I you know, yeah. played a lot of Percy Granger in high school. So that that for oh, me nice. that track's drawing on some of those harmonies that I remember. Oh, fun! And, uh, yeah, yeah. I'm proud of how yeah. It Percy Granger, man, I haven't heard that name in a bit. Right. Uh, yeah, no, that's good. That's good. Um, you also said something about a sax section, and I don't know if they're on this track or not, but Sylvia versus Roxanne has yes. this most badass Barry Sax part. Yeah, yeah. Oh my God, tell me about that one. <laughs> oh, well, that one, that's the other track that has the, the sax section. I had those, oh, okay. those guys for uh, the first hour of the session. Okay. Um, and with Budapest and it was also the, so that was stressful because, uh, we were starting with the hardest tracks in the game right oh, off the geez. bat. Okay. Um, especially boss Finn was a real tough one to get. What we ended up with was, was great, but, but, but first thing at like, you know, this is like six in the morning. We're trying to, <laughs> on my end, trying to, right. trying to, trying to figure this out while I'm waking up uh, that Barry Sachs part. Um, you know, I wasn't sure what I wanted to do. You should watch the video if you haven't seen it because the Barry okay. Sachs gets uh, gets some oh, gets some love. Um, I wasn't sure what I wanted to do in that particular section of the piece. I actually recorded a couple different 
like like a tenor sax solo is a trumpet solo. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the end of the day, I was like, you know, I just let's just bury sax and melodica. Just just make it forefront. Don't don't hide it. It sounds it's fun. I mean, so what, great. A lot of my decisions with a lot of these tracks were just what would be funnier. You know, what would be yep. charming slash ironic slash you know have mm-hmm. sort of a wink to it since that's sort of the vibe of the game. comes through in the soundtrack like it sounds like fun like it sounds like whoever was playing on it was likely having a lot of fun and it sounds like you must have had a lot of fun writing it which is great yeah yeah and i and i also uh, to credit muka pazza again i would say they have a a big influence on that track because we had some great barry sax players in that in that in that (laughs) band and they really taught me you know what a barry sax rhythm should sound like and awesome uh, yeah love it uh, yeah, there aren't that many projects where I get to draw on so many of my own influences. And right. that was one of the joys of this. As someone who loves singing in choirs, I played in big bands, okay. I played in punk rock marching bands. I was able to find a, find a place for all of it in this mm-hmm. game. And, mm-hmm. and that was really rewarding. Oh, yeah. Nice, nice. Uh, another track, I really liked the effects in Date Night. Are you? If I tell you that name, are you familiar with that Yeah. One? Yeah. Talk to me about that that track. Yeah. Um, that's the uh the, yeah so that's the track that plays when you go to uh you're basically um in the game there's a lot of time spent in relationship building i alluded to, alluded to this a little earlier mm-hmm. but um while you're hanging out with these characters you also have the opportunity to romance them and you can romance almost anybody uh in the game um and um this track played when you're basically sort of a little further into your relationship and going out, hanging out in the downtown areas together. Um, and, uh, you know, we wanted it to be light and bouncy and, um, I don't know. I, I, what, do you have any specific questions about it? Like there's a cool synth in there. That's got yeah, a kind of like, maybe it's, it's I, the I, synth. Yeah. I, I found this patch. I'm not sure if it was this Korg synth that I was using, but, um, I picked up a, a Korg Mini Log XD that I used a bit on this project, nice. but um, it's got this sort of like um, it has a long um, glide, so that when you go between the notes, it, it slurs up and down. Yeah. But it's also got this bubbliness to it. It's it's got an arpeggio going yep. on yep. it, so it, it doesn't feel like since I feel like we usually think about synths, at least in the film and game world, as being dark and grittier, but but they can mm. also be you know bubbly and and, uh, yeah. and and goofy as well. And 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 that was a sound that I felt like was was perfect to sort of um, just sort of accompany this. It's it's mostly an acoustic track because it's got the drum, the, the brush, jazz drums, and Love the it. and the ukulele. But mm-hmm. um, but yeah, that synth gave it that little extra something that just yeah. Um, reminds you in a way that you're playing a video game in some ways. I, I don't want to necessarily think about genres so 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 specifically that you use synths for video games and and not yeah. for other things. But but there is a bit of that when you're when you're drawing on nostalgia, which which a lot sure. of potionomics is. Um, yeah. so I would sometimes think about synths in that way.
Greg, you've done a lot of television and film. Is, is this the first game? I know you've also worked on other games, but was this the first one where you were like the lead dude? Yeah, I did a little bit of uh, orchestration and additional music on a bunch mm -hmm. of projects a, a while ago, um, back when I was part of sort of an orchestration team. Okay. And But this was the first project that, yeah, that I was sort of the the, the only composer on, the lead composer, mm -hmm. the uh, that, that actually made it to market. I, I have worked on a bunch of other things, that indie games that just ah. kind of fell fell apart midstream. And sure. I guess uh, that's a pretty common thing. Yeah, happen in the yeah. gaming world. They're, they're hard. They're hard to let go because some of the some of the best music I've written is for some projects that never got released. And oh, uh, that hurts. Yeah, I'd feel worse about it if it wasn't so common because I know a lot of other composers who have the same experience. Yep. Yeah, yeah, that must be rough. Um, rough to face <laughs> when you write, spend so much time on something, and then no one gets to hear it. I could technically put it out there, but. Oh, okay. You know, and I might, but mm -hmm. but I mean, you know, it's just the kind of thing where people just um the game might get finished for one thing. Sure. Uh, the one that I'm thinking about. Okay. And uh otherwise, you know, it's just this is certainly a matter of just there isn't there won't be any, really an audience for it. I mean, I'm mm -hmm. not really a household name in the sense that people are going to seek out my work on its own. And that's mm -hmm. sort of just the nature of being a film or game composer. We are mm -hmm. as big as the projects that we work on for the most part. Mm -hmm. Um so, so yeah, I, I'll, I'll, I'll put it out there maybe later. Maybe I'll do a, a, a rearrange yeah. it, reorchestrate it. Um, mm -hmm. Hopefully the game will get finished. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and oh, there's been something, but then I let it go twice now. I so that I much. no 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 I'll I'll think of it I'll think of it um, oh yeah and I knew it was along these lines so you know having had all these other experiences in media you know I'm always curious like what what do you value about working on games or what do you just talk to me about kind of the the differences there for you personally yeah it's a very different medium mm -hmm. um, film and TV. You know that there's a lot of different. There's a lot of technical differences that change the creative process. So, okay. film and TV, you yeah. generally have a scene, and you know how long that scene is, and so you're writing a piece of music that starts and ends at the same time, mm -hmm. uh, every time. But with games, of course, it's uh, the player that dictates the, the length and the, the duration of of a lot of the music that you're writing. So you really need to be thinking like a game designer. Um, you also are more free to just be bolder and bigger with game scores because, yeah. you know, in most cases in games, you're probably not competing with dialogue constantly the way that you are in film or TV. Mm -hmm. um, so you can have bigger melodies. You can have larger orchestrations or, or productions um, because, uh, because gameplay kind of demands that, you know? And that means we get to write music that's just richer in a lot of cases. I think that's why game music grew like such a massive fandom because just because the music itself gets to to be bolder um I, i'd like to say that i grew a lot as a composer working in postonomics because mm. um i hadn't for a long time like in college and, and as a younger kid i was writing music more for me right but mm -hmm. but when i got more into film tv i was i was getting a lot more used to writing to picture which gave me a lot of again sort of the strict boundaries of the scene yeah. um with games, there aren't as many strict boundaries. You have to be able to write music, um, you know, without those that the help, the aid of a picture uh, mm -hmm. of, a, of a of a of a scene. Um, and so, it really reminded me how to how to compose um, 
and be more free with it because on this project, I would oftentimes be writing music that uh, I didn't like for whatever hmm. reason. I, 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 I couldn't put a finger on why it wasn't working. I just knew it wasn't working. And so I would mm-hmm. oftentimes in the past, I might just discard it and start again. But on this project, uh, Postonomics, I quickly learned that almost all of the music that I was writing did serve some sort of purpose. I just had to find a place for it. So I would always just leave it, hmm. start again with something new, and then and then when I would reach a, a, a point where I, I, I wasn't sure what to do, I would bring some of that other material in and realize, you know, this is perfect here because oftentimes what those other sort of diversions were, were, were developments of ideas that um, weren't like the main course of the meal, but were perfect as sort of the, the diversion, the place to go to get the listener to, um, you know, to, to create a sense of drama so that when you go back to the main course – it feels like you've, you've, you've had a musical journey. So, yeah. so I really learned how to just preserve everything that I'm doing and, and repurpose it mm. um, in a way that I, I think I was a little more, I was a little less used to doing before this project. Um, I could talk a lot about differences between the mediums if you want, but what would you like to, what else would you like to hear about? I just always like to, to hear, you know, what composers enjoy about each because they all have value, right? Like television is its own special little place where composers write things at a breakneck speed and yeah. and it's gone but then games you know you have all this time in some cases and and um you know there everybody has their own little kind of story about uh likes and and dislikes ab- about them so yeah i'll give you one more yeah. answer for that then i'll yeah, say yeah. that games um are sort of uh, so movies let you create this beautiful self-contained um, dense world, right? Musically where, you know, it's an hour and a half of material, which isn't really all that much longer than a TV episode, but because of the way movies are structured, because of the way that they build, Mm -hmm. um, your score ends up usually, um, being, you know, starting at, at a relatively small pace, but usually getting richer and richer and richer as you, the audience get more emotionally involved. The music gets richer and richer, right? Mm -hmm. TV, it's a little different because you don't, you, you you usually never get quite as sort of emotionally um, the peaks are never not quite within a single episode are not are, are not quite as high as you'll get in a movie sure. emotionally and so the music sort of forms a, uh, serves a different function um, but because TV is stretched over a long period of time you will eventually get there mm-hmm. um, and so you have to be a little more patient and just focus more on on the palette and the world that you're that you're you're delivering and, 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 and then engage the narrative from a much broader scale. Games, I think are an interesting combination of the two because your, 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 um, your musical richness is, I'm trying to draw a parallel here that I've never drawn before actually, but, <laughs> um, but, um, I, I, I see parallels between the two because games are a much bigger world than movies are. So you have mm-hmm. almost the amount of material that you would for a TV show. Um, right. but, um, but 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 in a way it it, it it can actually serve the it can still feel more like a movie in the sense that it's building like a movie might narratively. I, I'm I'm really just going off on a tangent here. No, I love but, it. But, yeah. but they're all a little different. I I I, uh, I I really love working across the different mediums because it, mm-hmm. it it gives me a new perspective on on music and my work. And I think for me that's important as an artist because uh, yeah, it's really easy to get into ruts um, yeah. creatively.
Now, before we started, you asked me, like, how did I get into video game music and or how did I like get into being interested in all these things that I'd certainly thought about, but never, I, I don't know. But um, but I'd, I'd like to kind of ask the same of you. Like, it sounds like you had this kind of lifelong love for film scores, too. And you've talked a little you talked a little bit about it uh, earlier in the in the uh, conversation. But I'd I'd like to know a little bit more about your your draw to composing for film and TV and games. Yeah, I mean, it was a real just sort of like uh, childhood, like obsession, I think. Okay. Uh, I don't know if I listened to a lot of music before I really got into games and TV. I mean, I mean, I think that's, it's as weird as it sounds, that's really where my musical education started because you know, I would just feel such intense emotion playing these games or watching these films. And, yeah. and, uh, you know, as we are as kids, we feel everything so intensely. And, and, uh, I, I was just drawn to why, you know, I wanted to know why and how I felt this way. And when I realized I could listen to some of these soundtracks away from the game or away from the movie, mm-hmm. um, I would feel these same feelings. And I just got addicted to that rush and that high, those emotional highs and lows. Um, <laughs> And so I really was just falling in love with movies and games, I think. Yeah. But then the music was sort of the the entry point for me. And and I, I think I probably could have equally become a game designer or a filmmaker or a writer. Mm-hmm. Um, but because I also was falling in love with music as a musician at the same time um, through a, an amazing music program that my, my public school had, oh, cool. um, it became sort of the obvious route for me to go. I was you know, playing trombone. I was singing in choir. Uh, my choir director was... Um, I, 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 I hate to make this comparison, but you've, you've probably seen the movie Whiplash, right? Y- yes. Yes. You know, that's the one with, uh, 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 La La Land, that director, his first movie was Whiplash. Oh, with the, yeah, 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 the really yeah. really intense jazz, jazz. Yep. Uh, drummer and, and his sort of abusive mentor. My choir director was not that guy, <laughs> but, but he had that level of intensity. Okay. <laughs> uh, but, but but just put it towards more of a positive, yeah. almost like a like a like a. I mean, a football coach is not maybe the best description. Uh, I've never played football, but I know that like <laughs> coaches can get a little bit more like mm-hmm. um, it can be a little more tough love uh, in a way. Yeah, he, he was a cross between I, I guess a, the guy from Whiplash and the guy from Mr. Holland's Opus. If you can okay. kind of <laughs> merge those two together, and he got me. He gave me the. The bug, basically, I think that's how they call it, right? Like him, yep. His passion for music was so um, contagious that uh, I, I just knew I had to do it for a living. At that point, all those mm-hmm. forces coming together is mm-hmm. what pushed me into film music and game music. And where'd you grow up? Uh, Connecticut. Okay. East Coast. And and are you still on the East Coast? I can't remember when we scheduled. I should know this. No, it's fine. I'm in LA. Uh, okay. Okay. And uh, okay. yeah, I moved out here. It took me a long time to. To grow to appreciate it, but my <laughs> wife, she is a native uh, Angelino. She was born here. Okay, wow. Uh, houses in Hollywood, so you know, I'm very much now. Uh, I'm in it, right? I'm, yep. I love it out there, man. California. I mean, I'm in Minneapolis, so it's very different. But uh, yeah. but I do love visiting out there. I love it. I I don't even mind dri- driving around. I don't know. I I probably would mind that bit if I lived there, but um, but I, I just, just find was, it a joy. I was just mad at it for 
calling itself a city. Like I, I, I was used to New York and Chicago and I was, I mean, it was just, this isn't a city. Yeah. This is just a bunch of strip malls, but. It's but, a sprawl. But, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but now that I'm, I'm, I'm older and, you know, and mm-hmm. aren't just looking for that urban environment, I actually appreciate it more yeah. than, than, than those more urbanized spaces. Cause you can get that urban environment if you want, yes. but you also get the coast, you get the ocean, you get wine yeah. country, you have, the mountains, you have all of that within driving distance, the desert, mm-hmm. which is really a, a, an amazing thing. do you want to say about potionomics or, or anything? Um, I don't know. I guess if you're watching this, I, I guess you've played the game because you probably wouldn't find it otherwise, or maybe you're obviously fans of Emily's, but, but, um, but just thank you for, for playing the game. Thank you for listening to the soundtrack. Um, in many ways, this is the first time that my music's found an audience. And that's, I can't tell you how validating that's been as a composer uh, to just hear people's, um, opinions on it. I mean, it's been mostly positive, luckily, but even the negative ones are great to engage with and uh, and learn from. And so, so thank you for listening and thank you for watching this podcast. Um, feel free to reach out to me if you have any questions. I'm uh, happy to try to respond to email and and uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I I just it's been great talking with you, Emily, and and about yeah. my work. And thank you for all the thoughtful questions. You're the only person that's so far uh, singled out. The trombone, for example, or, <laughs> or like, like I appreciate that you have a musical background so that you're able to sort of um, mm-hmm. be a little more specific. So, so thank you. Yeah. And each listen, there's details. There's just wonderful details that pop up throughout, throughout the soundtrack. It really was a pleasure to hear it. And I just look forward to whatever's coming up next for you. Greg. Yeah. Yeah. I can't wait to. I'm looking forward to seeing what that is. I mean, uh, <laughs> more Disney, more Disney stuff. If you have little kids. Cool. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I'm hoping to get, get some more game projects because I had so much fun on this one. Awesome. All right. Thanks, Greg. All right. Thank you, Emily. Thank you for listening to Level with Emily. You can learn more about Greg Nicolette, see a playlist, and support Level with Emily at patreon.com slash level. Check out the video of my chat with Greg on the Level with Emily YouTube channel, and make sure you subscribe and get the notifications and all those things so that you don't miss any of the new videos. I'm Emily Reese. Sam Keenan is our producer. Say hi, Sam. No! You can follow us on Twitter and Facebook at Level with Emily and learn more about us at levelwithemily.com. That's made possible by Adam Selvage at Tiki Web Services. Composer Brad Gentle manages our YouTube channel. Level with Emily Reese is a production of June Media Inc. Here at Level with Emily, we're part of the Audio Podcast Alliance. It features a hand-picked selection of the very best podcasts about sound. You can hear the latest episodes from our friends in the community at audiopodcast.org.